Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the podcast, 15 to Life, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito, and let's go ahead and jump into this. Now, we're going to we're gonna circle it on to this, you know, Monday motivation, motivation Monday, um, and I've talked about this several times, but we're going we're gonna to talk about it again because of everything that's going on in the world, but not to mention, I think a lot of people are missing um, things that are right in front of them, right? So we're just going to call this one opportunities, right? And the thing that I've talked about several times is, um, being open to other realities, right? So being open to new things is basically it, right? Um, I've said it multiple times, you know, Frank Zappa, you know, the mind is like a parachute. It only works if, if it's open, right? So how many times, how many times have you maybe been in a situation or uh, been in a conversation, whatever it may be, and <clears throat> there was something that was there for you that you could have started talking about that thing or started doing that thing at that time that it was presented to you, but maybe it wasn't presented in a way that spoke to you, right? Uh, I'll, I'll get a little deeper into this, but it, it wasn't you know, served up on a plate where it looked good to you, right? So you passed up on it, you spoke down on it, whatever it may be. But regardless, say, you, you didn't get to engage in it or take that opportunity, right? Uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an example, right? I'll give you a very negative example. So out of high school, uh, I, I will say from freshman year to senior year, I uh, just slowly went down. And when I say went down, I'm talking grade-wise, right? So I came into high school uh, being the kid that was voted most likely to succeed. Quickly, quickly that went away. Um, I came in with A's and B's. By sophomore year, it was B's with a C here and there by junior year, it was hell. I, I was, I was good if I was getting all C's. Right. And senior year, it was just like, Hey, I got enough to graduate. I just got to skate through. Um, after high school, I graduated from Berkeley high school way back in 1990. Um, didn't seem like nothing back then. Now it seems like forever ago. Right. But I went to a Laney college community college. Right. And if you're from the Bay Area, especially from Oakland, you know Laney, and you know Laney, especially back then, that was just like a continuation school. It was like high school. <laughs> I mean, people were still there acting like they were doing something by not going to class when in reality you were paying to go, so they don't care, right? But needless to say, I learned some things, but for the most part, I was just there. You know, it was to be in school, and I was working and other stuff, and then um, that's also when I started doing all the stupid crap in my life, right? But there was a window, a, a very big window in between the stupid stuff, you know, when I hurt my back and I started selling drugs and 
then got robbed and shot and all this crazy junk, right? And when I say shot, it sound if you haven't listened to the other podcasts and stuff, a bullet went off the back of my head. Um, lucky, very lucky, right? But it went in my best friend's mouth and, you know, he's got a scar and some missing teeth because of it to this day. And luckily it didn't kill him or me, right? But the point is, is after that traumatic event, I didn't go straight and narrow after that. Um, I continued to dibble and dabble in, in things I shouldn't have. But I transferred to DVC, Diablo Valley College. So at the time, DVC was in the Bay Area. That like, If you want to transfer into a, a good four-year school... You go to DVC, you know, they had a very good success rate getting people to transfer in. So I went, I talked to a counselor at UC Berkeley. Um, I've always been a big Berkeley guy, so I wanted to go to UCB and um, I, I, I signed up for all the right classes. Busted my butt. Uh, I kind of pulled away from all the negative stuff. I moved out to Walnut Creek. And you went from the Bay Area knows Walnut Creek is... We'll just call it whitish, you know. It's it, it there. You don't have the ghettos and all that stuff, so um, it was easy to to be good for the most part. Like I had to drive back to the East Bay to really get into any stuff, right? So I was able to really focus on school, and I passed the classes I need to, and I got into UC Berkeley, you know. And um, I'm at UCB all of I want to say not even. Not even, it was probably four weeks, at most six. Needless to say, it was coming up on tests and everything else, and and it was about to be bad for me because I was trying to still hang out with people, and the level of commitment and focus needed, I was not there. Uh, At that point in time in my life, I could have been ready, but... I just wasn't, uh, for whatever reason, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. And, um, I listened to people that told me just drop out, even though, you know, I'd done all this work to get in. I had my books and I was in class and some of the classes I was actually okay in and other classes I was really behind in, you know, so many different things, but so much work I did over like the course of a year and a half to get in. Um, and then my father was the nail in the coffin, um, by offering me basically to come run his shop for him because he needed help. So, and to this day, I don't don't think I've ever asked my father this, but I'm pretty sure he made that proposition the way he did because he knew it would give me a way out versus, you know, like he really needed it. Like it was more like he needs me when he really didn't. Um, but by making me feel that way, I felt like I was doing something for the family versus, you know, jumping ship before it sinks. Right. Needless to say, I saw my reality through other people's realities. Everyone told me what they saw from my reality without me seeing it. And I know that might sound like I'm jumping all over the place, but what I want you guys to understand is our realities are, are, very much, you know, not a hundred percent, but very much governed by how we make them out to be. And when we make our reality dismal, right? Then even if it's great, we're still going to see the dismal side. And just like if you're one of those overly positive people, you're always going to be 
trying to make something good when it just might not be, right? Um, but the thing I want to really talk about today is even with all the craziness going on in the world, um, like, you know, we literally, and I'm kind of calling it a little bit of an insurrection myself, even though I'm not trying to like go with the labels that like CNN and everyone is putting out. But I mean, we had armed people break through police and federal you know lines and go into our government and do everything from steal things to destroy things to you know deface things by defecating and urinating all over them you know like that's serious if that was a foreign power that did that we would all be up in arms and and ready to go to washington with our guns and and fight the enemy but the enemy just happens to be our fellow americans i i think that's absolutely absurd um and scary but anyway um at the same time (laughs) just what i'm talking about right now what's their reality right um So let me go back to my story. I felt like I still had to do some of the stuff that I knew wasn't conducive to me being successful in school. But I felt like because those were the people I hung around, I had to do it. Or it was something I would be looked down upon if I didn't do. And when I say, um, you know, doing stuff that wasn't conducive to me, you know, getting my higher education out of the way was drinking, going out partying and partying for me was just drinking i didn't do drugs and all that i smoked weed for a while but it was really just drinking that was my thing drinking 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 right but it was going out that was my thing like going out and picking people up and being the guy because i had two or three cars and i could do it you know all this stuff so i let their reality interfere with what my potential reality was right I was around these smart kids. And and now it's funny because some of these guys I'm still in touch with, and they're very freaking successful. You know, living the dream, living in New York and all these other places, nice apartments, houses, whatever. And, and I'm like, and not to say that that makes you successful or not. What I'm saying is they put in the work and now they're, they're living the way they want to live, right? So... I could have took the opportunity of being around those people to switch from the people I used to hang around because I sure as hell don't hang around those people anymore, right? But going from the one reality to the other. But we get so stuck as human beings in our realities, right? So let me give you a perfect case in point. Um, I, t- I took the wife and the kid up to uh, St. Louis for New Year's, we stayed at the uh, um, Union Station um, Hotel, the old Union Station that now has an aquarium and all this. Really cool place. I, I definitely recommend it. Um, they kind of did us dirty on the room, so I will say double-check all your stuff and complain like I did. I got 100 and something bucks off. But anyway, um, we went up there, and one thing my wife and I have always done is we like to kind of get lost and go explore stuff, right? And we also... For whatever reason, we like to go see, like, the ghetto or the hood, right? So we went um, to a place, an area called uh, College Hill. And um, speaking of which, isn't it funny that usually by the major universities is where the crappiest areas are? 
funny, right? Anyway, so we go cruising around, and I mean, these these buildings, it looked like a war zone. It looked like something you would see in a video game or in old World War II, like literally one house with the smoke coming out because they got the chimney going and everything. They got the fire going. And then literally six or seven big duplexes, apartment buildings, stuff that like bricks are blown out the side. Literally, it looked like an attack happened, and then the windows were boarded up. Like just crazy graffiti and trash everywhere and, and abandoned vehicles with windows busted out. It was just crazy. And it looked like that for blocks and blocks and blocks, right? So talking about realities. Now, what if you grew up in that, right? And every day, and, and mind you, the other thing, um, and this is where I, I go, man, I need to go back to school and study some more on economics and stuff. But um like on the major thoroughfares, the businesses were closed down too. And some of those look like they had been through a war as well. And it makes you go, you know, they always say like when the big businesses, industry and stuff leaves, then you start getting the poverty and, you know, the economy gets shot in that area and everything. Well, I mean, some of these were big like warehouses, but a lot of them were just like the mom and pop shops and stuff. And you could tell like, you know, where you have the little bodega and up on top, the person has an apartment. So they kind of live there and they have their store. Like all that stuff just shut down, just boarded up and, you know, abandoned and vacant and all that stuff. Right. So imagine if you grow up here and you literally potentially on a huge like industrial block. I'm not talking a, a little tiny inner city block. I'm talking about a huge block. There might be on both sides of the street at most six actual dwellings that have people in them and then if you want some milk you can't walk to no corner store like there ain't nothing you got to get probably on two or three buses you know just to go get some milk or some cereal or to find a dollar store to get some you know what i mean like that's what you grow up with and even if you have the gumption even if you have the the, the perseverance and everything to, to get the education, get get a job where you're taking those two buses and you're not really bringing home anything, but at least you, you develop a work history and you're getting your credit score up and everything. That's ingrained in you, right? Because you probably have generations of people that have lived in that area. How do you change that reality? You know, and people act like, what I hate is when you have... Someone who has the audacity to say, well, look, um, the majority of the athletes that make all these millions of dollars, they're black. So blacks have all the opportunity. Bullshit. Those are, yeah, percentage wise, because blacks are a very small percentage to the overall you know, population in the United States. But that doesn't mean that they get all the stuff. They just learn how to push harder because of the situations they've been through just like other minorities that might excel in other areas, right? But then the other thing is, how do you even make it to that point where you can go to that Ivy League school, right? How do you even make it to the point where you feel accepted where you're really not accepted? How do you make it to the point where the reality of the white dude or the Asian dude or the land dude or whoever that is in that position that you want to get to or you want to be in, whatever, right? How how can you change your reality to see yourself even there? And um, I, I, I'm not the biggest psychology buff, but through experience and through education, what I've learned is, you know, a lot of people mentally 
trap themselves into situations. And I've seen it even in myself, you know, where I would, I had so many times in my life, you know, I'm 48 years old now, so many times in my life where I had good, strong, positive people in my life. And I kicked them to the curb because they weren't part of my reality at that time. And um, I I think about it every once in a while, like, what would have happened if I had changed back then? What would I have done if this was different, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful I didn't because I wouldn't have my wife, I wouldn't have my daughter, um, which I wouldn't trade for the world. But I, I can't help but think of other people that end up... Like they're still in prison because they haven't got out, and in prison they've maintained that reality. Um, I think I'm very fortunate that I had a bunch of eye-opening situations where I, I told myself I had to change, but I sure so didn't change right away in prison either. So when I'm talking about you miss um, opportunities, what I mean is like if you're having a conversation with someone. And let's just say they're a CEO or they're, they own a business or they, they're doing something you want to do. And they get to talking and you feel like you're too dumb to get in that conversation. You feel like they wouldn't give you their phone number if you asked for it. They, you feel like if you said, hey, is there any way I can get some time with you? Because you're doing exactly what I would like to do in the next year, two, three, four, five years, right? That's a missed opportunity. And you may never get that back. And there might never be another opportunity equal or better than that later in your life. Um, and, and that goes for just like when we, we talk about when you're trying to date and you see the girl or the guy you, you know, you really find attractive, but you're too scared to go up. When the worst thing that's going to happen is they say no. And then if they say no, you know, you get to a point in your life where you realize every time someone tells you no, it's just because you didn't ask right. You know, you keep going at it. Don't take no for an answer, right? Um, but I feel like we have these realities and, and this, our country right now is in this crazy point because people are so stuck in their own damn reality. Like there's no... There, there can't be another reality that's different that's also right. So here's one of the things uh, I want to say to anyone who's really stuck, and I'm talking United States. I know I got some people that listen outside of the country, but I don't care if you're left. I don't care if you're right. I don't care if you're red, you're blue. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat. I don't care if you're man, woman. I don't care if you're a he, she, or other. You know, I don't care. What I do care about is when you say, I believe in this. This is why. So I'd appreciate it if you say or don't say this. I'll respect that. As long as you also respect when I tell you the same thing. That's, to me, what has always made this country great. And what we put out to everyone else is this is the land of the free. Like, I'm free to believe in Allah if I want. Or Buddha. Or Jesus. Or God. Or all of them. Or none of them, right? And I shouldn't be pushing my reality on you if you tell me you don't want it, right? That's supposed to be the beauty of it. I'm supposed to be able to be a brown American who is white-skinned and gets treated the same regardless whether you know what my name is or you don't. Also, I should be able to go into any area and get treated the same and equally, right? 
And if I was black, same thing. If I was Asian, same thing. If I was whatever, same thing. If I speak with an accent or I don't. If I speak a different language, we get so caught up on if you come here, you need to speak American, you idiot, it's English for one. But most people that say that kind of crap, they've never been to another country, right? Go to Paris. Guess what? They don't speak English. A lot of them don't speak English. And it's because they have no need to. They need to speak French. You know, and then you go places like Canada where you got English, French, you know. Um, you go to, hell, different parts of the United States and you will find predominant communities from Haiti, from China, from Mexico, from wherever, right? So I just think it's so crazy that we feel like our realities have to be the only reality and the quote-unquote best. Because most of us like food from somewhere else. Why is it we're willing to eat that burrito with that extra wok and the sriracha all from other countries, you know what I mean? But I don't want the Mexicans here and I don't want the Koreans here and I don't want the Chinese here. And I don't, come on, man. Or I don't want them speaking their language. It's their language. Why don't you learn it, you know? So to today's, I guess this really isn't too much motivation. This is more about I want to motivate you to open your mind. I want to motivate you to stop and smell the roses and understand that one, that person you're talking to or listening to, you don't know what they're going through, you don't know what they've been through, and you don't know what they see. Like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That has so much more meaning than that one quick sentence where, you know, it's like, oh yeah, well I can see why he thinks she's pretty or whatever. It's his, his wife for the last 30 years. She's not pretty. What if the reason he looks at her the way he does is because she's always said good morning and gave him a kiss on the forehead, something you wouldn't know, right? But that's his reality. You know, what if she looks at him the way she does because every night he double checks to make sure she's okay right before he goes to sleep? Uh I just think we need to start understanding with as crazy as things are that it's okay to be different. And we have so much to learn from one another. If we were all the same, it would suck because we would never get better at anything because we'd always think it's, it's good the way it is. So I'm going to wrap this up. This is Tito. I'm telling you, enjoy your reality, experience other people's realities, and be open to the opportunities that you've probably been missing a lot because your time on this earth is dated. And when that clock stops ticking, you're going to regret that you stayed in your own little bubble and never went to experience anything. I love you all. I hope you all are safe. Stay masked up. Stay, stay vigilant with everything that's going on. Be safe. Talk to you soon.